Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, part of the Believe and Buzz Radio Networks. You can hear us on all podcast platforms as well as Buzz 102, 106.7 in Central Arkansas. Please like, rate, and review. Give us some comments, and we're coming to you live from the Hyman Services Studios. I'm your host, Porter Hayes. Alongside me, as always, is Jacob Davis, and we're brought to you by Bet Online. And Bet Online is your number one source for all betting needs and sports infos and odds. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for your Masters Championships and the start to Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on the popular sports and games. Bet online where the game starts. And Jacob, I guess we'll just give a little PSA out there to uh, our, our, our audience. We've been dealing with a lot of storms in the state, been some tornadoes, been some hail. So first of all, let, you know, prayers out to the ones that are affected by the storms, any damage. Hopefully everything gets cleared up and nobody gets seriously injured. So, and I know that it's moved out of my area and it's kind of moving towards you. So we've already got us a little plan going on if – you got to hop off to get in your safe area. Just give me a thumbs up, and we'll roll with it. But hope everything's going good for you, man, and he hope you had a good weekend. Man, it was a blessing. We took uh, took a trip up there to Branson, Missouri, for uh, since Wednesday, and came back Sunday. It's good to kind of get refreshed and recharged and and ready to go. It's uh, it was really our first uh, big trip with our baby girl. She turned six months this week, uh, this week while we were gone, and so. So things have changed, but man, I guarantee you this is the best. I'm living the life right now. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like when when Gavin was a baby, it's like you just everything wows you, and everything else that happens just wows you even more. It's like oh, he did this, he did that, and there is nothing like like you enjoy parenthood as a whole, but there's nothing like enjoying the first, you know, in that first year, the Absolutely. first, and it's just. You know, watching Gavin now, he's 12, and, and the kid's growing up, and it's they're doing their own thing. They're becoming their own person, and it's almost like you miss those times. So sometimes I envy, like, with what you and Kyle get to go through right now, and especially I've never had a daughter, yeah. so, I mean, I've only got boys. So it's kind of, you know, I don't we don't get that same paradox of being that girl dad. But So, yeah, I, I'm, I hope you're soaking it all in. I actually got to go to Oaklawn over the weekend, and, man, I'll tell you what, I've never been to the horse races before. But that was some fun stuff. Me and my brother-in-law went down to – we supported our buddies. You know, we've had on the show Ruskin and Zach. So, we went down there and helped them out and supported their little giddy-up because, of course, our big dog, Corey Hyman, the Hyman Services, was a big sponsor of the race, and he got to actually hand out the presentation of the trophy. So, we was there both for Ruskin and Zach and, and Corey. But, actually, me and my brother-in-law hit a trifecta on one of the races. So, I mean, I bet 41-120, and I think he bet 50 on – or 25 on a race. And hit for five hundred. So I'm telling you what, if you Ooh, if you get man. that trifecta, man, you I didn't realize I was like, I bet five dollars on this race, you know, I'm I might win twenty bucks. And then you go up to the counter and they're like, Oh, you won one twenty five. I was like, Okay, cool, I can get used to this, but right. then again, it can get very dangerous too. <laughs> 
Yeah, man, I love the horse races down there at Oklahoma. They had a good good thing going too. And like I, I mean, I know the Buzz guys, uh, they go there a lot. They they do live broadcasts uh, down there too. So they they are uh, heavily involved. Obviously, Oakland is a big supporter of the Buzz Network. So uh, thank them, man. They 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 put on some good stuff. Stay till May. It was like uh, March or April. Now it's May. So. Yeah, they do it big down there at Oakland, and I haven't been able to go down there this year, but I'm sure within the next year, once the baby girl starts walking and everything, and it's able to to uh, actually do stuff and know what she's, you know, being able to look at, like horses and stuff, I think, I think we'll tr- take a trip over there to Hot Springs again to check out Oakland. Well, and another thing, people don't realize, you know, I mean, it's kind of a, you think of it as a rich person sport. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot, but you, like me, they had eight, 10 races, and I bet 40 bucks on all the races combined. Like, that's yeah. all I spent. So, I mean, you could put $5 on this horse or $6 on this horse or whatever, you know, trifecta, which, for those who don't know, if you guess places one through three exactly in that order, it's like tripling or whatever. Though I have no idea about the odds, so don't get me lying to you about that. I just know how go. much money I won. <laughs> <laughs> so... But, yeah. but, but, Jacob, yeah. you said we had a little – we had some football news going on, so we'll kick off with that. You know, try to tell us, you know, what, what you heard over the weekend with the the football and the coordinators and their thoughts on staying, and, and we'll just go from there. Yeah, so Barry Odom uh, was the first interview I was able to watch after uh, they had their spring practice. I think this is the first time that they've talked to the media and uh, probably since the bowl game. It's like I think Trey Biddy – on uh, 103.7 The Buzz during Drive Time Sports the other night said that this is the longest they've gone without being able to see or hear from a uh, coach during the press conferences, whether it's Sam Pittman or any of the coordinators. But I'll start off with Barry Odom. That guy, it's just, he has me body. Like if I was, if I was a player, if I was an assistant coach, I would, I would want to go play for this guy. So it's, this all revolves around Sam Pittman. And, and I watched the Kendall Browse deal too. And, you know, as we all know, everybody's going to give Arkansas a run for their money and their coordinators. And Barry Odom was, was the first one that came up. And he says, look, Arkansas is a special – and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. He basically says, Arkansas is a special place to me. And, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else as a defensive coordinator except here. And that that tells me one thing. I don't think Sam Pittman told him, "Hey, uh, you, you've you've been come after every single off season since you've been at Arkansas. I want you to go, you know, put the fires out." And this, I don't think this is what was going on here because Kendall Brown said the same thing. You know, this is Barry Odom wanting to be here, and that's what's really cool to me, Porter. Is he the first thing first? He says. I want if I'm going to be a defensive coordinator, it's going to be at the University of Arkansas. It's not going to be anywhere else. That tells me this: he wants to stay for the long haul, and he knows that he has something incredible going on at Arkansas right now. And the same thing with Kendall Browse. He says, you know, I have a. He basically said I had a lot of loyalty to Sam Pittman. Look, Kendall Browse, when he left Florida State, he had nowhere to go. He, he went out and reached out to Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman said, okay, I'll bring you in. And he, and he, and he brings him in, and, and he, he has a lot of loyalty to Sam Pittman for saving his career, bringing him on. 
And and Kendall Browse did a great job year one, did an exceptional job in year two. And and I don't care what Miami fans say, he was he was a he was in the running for that Miami job at as offensive coordinator there uh, under Mario Cristobal. And he said this, basically the same thing. I owe a lot to Sam Pittman and I'm, and, and he's, he said, uh, KJ Jefferson, I can't, if I left here, I could not look KJ Jefferson in the face and tell him I'm not going to be your offensive coordinator at Arkansas anymore. I think this is the first time I think uh, Kendall Brow said in his press conference that, uh, he'll have, a second. This is his first time since RG three. Yes, first time since yep. RG three that he's had he's a returning had a quarterback uh, in sec- consecutive years. Yep. Yeah, and and that's, that just shows you a lot about coordinators, and that that shows you a lot about the transfer portal. It shows you about a lot about you know just how you know he's jumped jobs, but yet it has to do everything to do with the transfer portal. People leaving senior year, him going yeah. to a place where the quarterback's a senior. So. I mean, it kind of sounds alarming when you hear it. It's like window dressing. It's like, oh man, he's right. he's not ever stuck around. But there's a lot of, and then you hear RG three, who it seems like he's been in college a lifetime ago. You know what I'm saying? So it, it yeah. just that it's that wow factor. But my take on it is, when Sam Pittman got that job, he knew he had an uphill battle ahead of him. He wanted to get two guys in here that yep. that he could set the foundation and get him kick-started. So now he's got that foundation. So everything in, in Coach Pittman's eyes, every, everything from here on out is, is cake because, you know, he's playing with house money now. He wanted them guys to come in, get him settled, get everything rolling, get the recruiting going. And then if they left for other jobs, at least he had a foundation that he can bring somebody in to continue the success. Right. I think Odom leaves first because of two situations. And it's because Pittman, that was his first phone call, was to Odom. Kendall Browns reached out to Pittman. People forget that part. He reached yep. out to Pittman. He wanted to come be with with Coach Pittman and work with him. Now, I could be completely wrong. And, you know, if there's underlining things of if that – I think if the right job, kind of like, you know, um, oh, gosh, what's his name? Riley. Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. If yeah. a job like USC comes open or if a job like OU comes open or Notre Dame, you you can't turn that down. I mean, you can't. Because you you would be crazy to say, Yes, I'm doing really good here at Arkansas. I'm good, but there's a difference between two million and ten. There, there is. Oh, yeah. Because they're not leaving for another coordinator spot. I think that's that's already been I think that's cemented. I think whether whether Browse leaves, he might go up to a, a head coaching job at, at a mid-major, maybe a low division power five school. Yeah. Odom, if he goes anywhere, he's he's going to be like Coach Pittman. Wherever he goes for a head coaching job and he leaves Arkansas, that's going to be his final job. He's going to go somewhere. He's going to retire, and that's where he's yep. going to ride off into the sunset. But in- – he could. They could both finish at Arkansas. You never know. I mean, look. You look at right. Elliott and, and and Venables and how long they lasted. If that core stays together and that success, and they're pumping out and they continue getting these pay raises, just think how much the landscape of college football has changed over the last five years. What if a coordinator is getting paid four million a year in, in five years from now? You know, you you don't know. But I I think what they said, and I'll let you elaborate, and I'll go back, but. I think what they were talking about in the in the press conference is it kind of made me feel uneasy about next year because you got KJ Jefferson leaving on the offensive side. Right. That's the only reason where 
what Browse was saying, he couldn't look KJ in the eyes because, I mean, he's got Malik, but I think he wants to see this out with, with KJ, and I think he's going to be more of entertaining other offers, but I think he's not going to go anywhere unless it's a head coaching position. And I just what I just said about Odom is the same, but it's going to be on a bigger scale for Odom than – I think Odin would take a bigger job than Bryles. Yeah. And and Josh Pate, uh, I don't know if it was on that recording that I tweeted out earlier, but he he mentioned something in his show last night, and it said that this is a – Arkansas is one of the eight schools in the country, and all of 135 Division One schools, 136, they're only the eighth school that is going into year three with the same two coordinators. Yes. If that doesn't tell you the carousel of coaching out there, and I mean, we can talk about the loyalty and wishing coaches would stay longer and stuff. This is a profession where, you know, you got to make it to the top. you gotta, you got to take your chance when you can. Arkansas is, like you said, is playing with house money. And whatever they get out of this season, winning-wise, is due to Sam Pittman and due to Barry Odom and Kendall Bryles building a foundation. And I, I think I don't know if I said this early in the podcast or not, but year three when when I when I returned, year three was going to be the big year if Sam Pittman could retain Barry Odom and Kendall Brawls going into this season. There, I mean, you look around at at the positions and they're high on, uh, they're high high on uh, Kenneth Jefferson, they're high on their running backs, but you've got linebackers to play with too, and that's something Barry Odom also. Uh, brought up was his linebacker play. It's going to be hard going through a 12-game season, 13-game season with two linebackers. He said, we got to have five guys. Got to have got to have five of them. And I think you can look at what they're starting to get. You you know you've got bumper pool. You know you have Drew Sanders, the the transfer from, from Alabama. You've also got Jackson Woodard, who is a uh, former preferred walk-on uh, under Chad, Chad Morris, who, who's been left over. You also have Chris Paul, and there's a fifth one that I, I am uh, forgetting his name. But he said there's there's five guys there right now that you can rotate at the linebacker position and, and be able to stay fresh for, for the season. That's key. I mean, that's what killed him. You, you look at the last couple of years and just down down the stretch on how, you know, you want your linebackers and, and your safeties getting tackles, but when you're getting three guys that are – over 100 tackles on the year, and you're not able to bring them and get them fresh and get them, you know, just tell them the injuries that they're dealing with and that, that they're getting to get, you know, taken care of, and you're having to play a long stretch, get a bye week, and then just go right back at it again. Right. It, it, this is the SEC, and we've said it the same with basketball as we said with football. you got to have the depth, and you look at Georgia, you look at the Alabamas. When you can legitimately – bring in your second rotation of linebackers, and you can hold the defense. And and what was weird, I'll switch to women's basketball for a second, South Carolina. When, when they were playing Arkansas, both times they played one in the SEC women's tournament in the regular season. Both times they had their second and third string teams in, and they held their 10 to 15-point leads. That's when you get elite talent. That's when you get elite SEC teams, and that's what happens when you get into the football and the basketball when you can get your second and third team teams in there and bring them in just for a series or a big third down play that you can get the offense back on the field and, and re, you know refresh your starters, I mean, that is huge. Even if it's just two plays, that is huge when it comes to now instead of 
you're off the field, especially in the day where this high-powered offense, if you go three and out, you're back out there in 40 seconds. You know, that's that's big. You let the other yeah. team go on a 10-play, two, three, four-minute drive, you get the ball back, you're three and out, and it takes you 40 seconds to run those three plays. Now you're right back out there again. So if you can get somebody in there to come in for a series, say you're only down by seven at halftime, and you just need that series, that, that second rotation to come in there just for the last four minutes, just to hold you off, get the team rested, you get the ball back second and a half. Now it's a tie ball game, and then you take that momentum and you win the game, all because you've got to bring some people in there and get some rest. Yeah, and another thing that uh, Coach Odom said was the cross-training at the uh, defensive back position. Uh, you've got Miles Slusher back. Uh, he's he's was playing cornerback. He's played safety. Now he's moved to nickelback. And then you have uh, the kid from Verizon, uh, Malik Chavis, who's switched from safety over there to, to cornerback. He's a pretty rangy guy, six foot three, probably two oh five or so. Uh, that's a that's a big thing about Barry Odom's uh, defensive backs is they're tall. You, no longer are you seeing these five ten, five eleven shrimps playing uh, cornerback anymore. These guys are six foot two, six foot three grown men that that rival what you see at the Alabamas, the Georgias, the big defensive backs that will that will get all up in your grills and line of scrimmage and 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 challenge you play after play. And so he's moving around a bunch of pieces like Miles Slusher at nickelback, moving Chavis down from safety to cornerback, but his ability to go back to safety in case of an injury is key. You lose Monteric Brown, but you also have Ladarius Bishop, who's one of the fastest players in the team. Um, and then you have, I mean, you had Fouché and, and Greg Brooks leave, but you also bring in Latavius Brini out of, out of Georgia, who, who started, I think he's running with the second team right now, but there's so many big pieces and, and additions to this team in the secondary that Arkansas, I mean, they didn't just lose big pieces. They gained big pieces, guys that are going to give you valuable snaps, guys that are going to be bona fide starters for you. That's going to be able to help you. If you're going to take this next step in the sec West to be in a perennial top three team, and maybe even trying to challenge Alabama and Georgia for the sec, that's what you need to do. You're not replacing guys with just, with just random, uh, just marginal, talent you're replacing guys off a, with national championship uh teams you know so and, and, and you're not getting and this yeah, is you're not this getting, is a deal like xavier kelly Joes. you know xavier kelly clemson he played three yeah. years there rarely got on the field into arkansas mm-hmm. you're like oh you got a guy from clemson you've seen how yeah. that panned out you're getting yeah. guys from georgia lsu that, that started and you're not getting guys yeah. coming from mid-major Southern Miss or or a Tulsa, yeah. you know, that have – they're looking to move up. You're getting key guys. And it's weird that to the casual fan, unless it's your school. I mean, of course, Arkansas fans pay attention to every recruit, every transfer guy that comes in. But I think a lot of it gets overlooked if it's a defensive player. But you look at Arkansas and the basketball when they bring in a guy from the transfer portal – it yeah. is so much more of wow. It's so much more pop. And you don't, you see a guy on a basketball court, what he's doing, but you don't really pay attention to what a guy's doing on defense for Georgia. You're not, you don't really get what, because you're playing against them, one, you're not wanting them to do good. But now that they're playing for you, it gets overlooked just how good these defensive guys were for their respectable colleges. And now they're coming in. And what Eric Musselman's done in the transfer portal. Now Sam Pittman's starting to do that. And it goes back to my point. 
if you can get your foundation set to where what Ramon said, every recruit, every guy in the transfer portal has their eye on Arkansas. You get your foundation set where you're getting all these guys to come in and want to look at Arkansas, want to come to Arkansas because that foundation, they see how they're, they see that they're treated. And this is one of the biggest things that they pick up on and they see. These kids come in from another school and they play one year for Arkansas. It's almost like they're going to be remembered more for that one year at Arkansas than the three that they played at a Georgia at a LSU because that's just how the fans are. They will love you like you're a son. You've been there. <laughs> You've been playing at Arkansas since the eighth grade. That's just how they treat okay. people. And if they come in and do success and you've got a guy like Pittman who can get you to the NFL, it's going to start paying dividends. And I'm telling you, if Pittman gets on that level of muscleman when it comes to that transfer portal and he gets offensive guys and defensive guys, it's going to be dangerous. Yeah. And speaking of, I mean, Arkansas, and, and it's like like what we were just talking about with, with what Ramon was saying about the basketball team. The, the football team, on the other hand, they're bringing in freaking dudes like that are in high school, like highly rated dudes. Like Jaden Rashada, who's who is the uh, quarterback out of uh, I think California. I'm gonna make sure I've got that right. But he's a quarterback, five star quarterback out of. Uh, let's see here, yeah, Pittsburgh, California. The kid, he's six four, one eighty five, the number twenty nine overall prospect. And I don't know, Arkansas. We Arkansas may not even be in his top ten, but he's visiting Arkansas. These are different things. See. Arkansas, you know, okay, we'll bring in the low four stars, high three star guys. This is a bona fide stud, Porter. Like he's he's freaking good. And there's also Malachi Singleton, who is a teammates with current Arkansas freshman wide receiver uh, Sam Bakke. And then uh, I mean, he's so they, there's obviously a connection there. I think Arkansas's. I think Arkansas has a chance to to get him. But there's he, he's a mid mid four star guy. I think that may be their big number one target if they don't land Rashada, obviously. I mean, it's going to be tough to get him. But you've got big offensive linemen, like six foot seven, 300 pound guys that, that in the past, when, when he was, when Sam Pittman was here under uh, Brett Bielema, and they were getting the guys that like Brian Wallace and Jalen Merrick, who were under armor, uh, all American guys, Jake Heinrich. You can go on and on. Frank Ragnell of guys that he was able to get, Denver Kirkland he's starting to get these guys back on campus now. That's the big thing. I'm glad the whole uh, COVID COVID excuse is kind of gone to the side now with, with recruiting and stuff. And they're being able to go out and evaluate talent and be able to uh, have guys on campus again in a, in a kind of a sense of a normal, normal, normal way. Uh, being able to see these guys on campus and see them in Fayetteville. Now you have a chance. And with Sam Pittman, you're coming off a nine and four season, and you're about to explode if things fall fall right. Man, it's a good time to be hog fan right now in football and basically any sport right now. But man, football is really about to take off in every single facet. Yeah, and and that's another key of like you got Browse and Odom sticking around. You're talking about this carousel. I mean, when these recruits come in, these transfer guys come in, they've got one shot to really yep. go to another school and make a difference. And do they want to go to a school where the, the coaching staff isn't settled or a new coach is coming in 
or do what they want to go to a school like Arkansas where you've got a high prolific offensive coordinator, you've got a defensive coordinator that's proven to get guys to the next level at what he did at Missouri. I mean, they're going to come here, and that's why. You know, right. they got, like I said, these kids get one extra chance to go to a school and they want to go somewhere where they're going to be remembered. They're going to go somewhere where they can come in. You, you got a guy like Felipe Franks who, barring, you know, he had that horrible injury and stuff, but he got to come to Arkansas and, and made the roster at Atlanta. You know, I mean, you can come yeah. in at a place like Arkansas and flourish and not only flourish, but your draft stock goes up. And I think that's another big key. And you know what? That, that's also when the coaches might do. I want to stay here and let this thing ride out where I'm continuing getting to develop these guys to the NFL, or do I want to go, you know, Odom in general, you know, do I want to go somewhere at this late stage of my life and start all over again, or do I want to ride this thing out with my buddy Sam? <laughs> I mean, that's a possibility, and I think he yeah. kind of said it. I think he's, you know, it's going to take that perfect job, like I said, that's just too hard to turn down for him to leave. And then of course, Browns. I mean, I think that's why he stays. A lot of people say that, you know, he's just look at, but for the man to go to Pittman and look, go after him for this job, he's seen something in coach Pittman and along with everything else that's going on in the university of Arkansas. I can't say enough at what's going on with the university. What Hunter, you're checking. I think you get there, you see what the school's about. What we've said with the recruits over and over again, Get them on campus, and they're going to come. I think that's happening with the coaches. They're coming to a place, and they're getting wowed, and they're seeing that this whole university as a whole is one big happy family, and they're all benefiting from it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think let me get on the offensive side of things, because I know we're going we're up against a break. But, uh, you know, we talked a lot about defense. Let's talk about a little bit about offense real quick. And uh, Jaden Hazelwood met with the media uh, on Saturday, and one of the things that he was asked was, how are you going to replace Traylon Burks? And he says, I'm not going to be Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks is a man of his own. And he, he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to work on being basically the best me I can possibly be and and, and be a good teammate is what he, what I paraphrase, what I'm paraphrasing there. He, he's a good kid that I think he's, he knows that, you know, I'm coming in and people are expecting me to play well. And he's, he did well at Oklahoma. He, he's a great receiver or leading receiver for the Sooners. He's going to come in and Arkansas has got a whole lot more weapons now than what they did while Traylon Burks was here. They've got Warren Thompson. They've got Isaiah Satania, Sam Bakke, uh, Quincy McAdoo coming in. Um, and, and, you know, you have, there's just so many more talent. There's so much more talent. And you got Trey Knox at tight end. The, the ball is going to be able to spread out a little bit more, and defenses aren't going to have to key on on just one guy. And that that in the passing game, it's going to help, and it's going to help the run game too. And in the offensive line, man, they're bigger. I think they average 340 pounds across the whole line. So, obviously, they're going to be one of the biggest offensive lines, again, in all of football. Porter, man, it's it feels really good to be able to see that. And, and with what you're saying with Hazelwood, you know, he was flourishing at a place like OU where the, you've seen what that quarterback situation was last year. Oh, yeah. Just think, you know, weird. he'd come into Arkansas knowing, like we talked about coordinators, now it trickles down to who, who's the guy throwing me the ball. And you've got a guy that's getting another year in Browse's offense. Browse is getting another year with his dude, another year of confidence, and you've seen the big jump 
that he did from year one to year two as a starter, now he's going to just be that much more ready. It's almost like what we've been able to see on the baseball team with the pitchers going from Saturday night relievers or Saturday night starters to they're, now they're the Friday ace. Now you're getting to see that with K.K. Jefferson, and you've got a guy like Hazelwood coming in from OU that, you know, you, you know how the defenses are there in the Big 12. But yeah. He knows how to create space. He knows how to get open. And I think with how you've got K.J. in a running and he knows how to make plays, this guy's going to be a playmaker. You know, you're not just going to be expecting him to run a streak or run an out pattern and throw the ball up. This guy's going to be able to create, and that's been the biggest thing that I think they've lacked. As good as Burks was, I think they need another guy that can get there and create his own space, get himself open, and not rely on a 50-50 ball for him to go up and grab. That's what, I mean, it sucked that he left, and, hey, you know you want to. Go to another school, but Mike Woods going to OU, I think he could have really benefited last year for staying because he was that type of guy. You know, with Warren, you know, all the stuff that happened with him, you know, you needed him. And I think that was a big thing that really kind of held Arkansas back from winning some of those games. And having him along with everybody else coming back, and and then what we need to see, I think the biggest question mark, who's going to step up the tight end spot? I think if you're going to go deep and you're going to really create that space – I think this is the year that the tight ends, we talk about the linebacker play on defense and how they stepped up. I think these tight ends really need to step up, create the space, get open, and that's going to develop everything else in the passing game and the running game too. Yeah, have you seen the picture that was floating around, I guess, Saturday of Trey, uh, Trey Knotts? The, I think I think Trey Biddy, uh, maybe in a Trey Biddy article this weekend, Trey looks stacked. Like he doesn't look like the six four two hundred fifteen pound kid. He looks beefy. He he looks like a full grown man at tight end. That shows and, me and that that kid's dedicated to becoming a tight end. end. I mean, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, he was kind of wishy washy, yeah. of course. And and uh, you know when you get, I'm not saying you get knocked down, but when you get told, "Hey, let's try something else," it does something to your head. You know what I'm saying? When you've been a wide yeah. receiver your whole life, and hey, let's. Sometimes you can't take that as hey, they're looking what's best for me and my frame. You know, now he's like, okay, I see what I can do. I see what I missed on. And you come to a crossroads in your career of, do I want to have my last year be like last year? Or do I want to have my last year be like, because they're seeing these guys come in from the transfer portal and, and do really well and move on to the, it's like you've been in this position for two, three years. It's time for you to step up. And for him, don't be another guy that's been here five, six years and, and stay stagnant. Let, let's step it up, and he could be that guy that we talk about that really steps up at that, at that uh, tight end position. Yeah. Uh, I had something I was going to say, and I just totally – it just totally slipped my mind. It's my, my thought. Should have had, I should have had paper right in front of me. But, yeah, Trey, man, he's a guy that's just bought in. And that's what you want in a teammate, a guy that, you know what, there's something, you know, at this position that, that that my team needs help with. I'm gonna do what I can, and he's already tough. He'll already he'll already like two seasons ago. He'll go and and lay a block on you downfield. That added weight, that is strength, and uh, while keeping his speed, it's gonna be crucial for for the Hogs. I mean, they they had so they had you know you, you hate to see it. You hate to see uh, Hudson Henry not being able to contribute. Uh, hopefully, going into his fourth season, he'll be able to do that. 
uh, and, and be able to give Arkansas look at some Dyke two tight end sets on, on the field at times. And I, I'm rooting for the kid too to, to develop into something. I mean, he's a former four star border. I mean, he could have been a five star number two tight end in the country. That's uh, Hudson Henry uh, uh, out of the Henry uh, legacy there. Yeah, and but you really, I really hope for the best for him and hope he can contribute going into this season because I mean, this is his fourth year in the program, fourth, third year under uh, Pittman. So, I mean, it'll be something if, if he can contribute a little bit with Knox and, and give Arkansas because they, they no longer have Blake Kern. And, and then you have like guys like Colin Sutherland after him. You've got Aaron Outley from Parkview, just a bunch of guys that there's more question marks to that position than there are answers, man. And basically the two guys that you're going to be looking at for that, for success is Hudson Henry and a guy that's converted from a wide receiver in Trey. That's just, that's just part of it. But uh, Kendall Brawls, that's what I was thinking of. Kendall Brawls, man, he's at his best. And I remember watching some Baylor offenses uh, just a couple of weeks ago uh, while he was there. Uh, Baylor was, was at their best when they had, two, three, maybe four guys that are threats at wide receiver to catch the ball because you had to guard every single position. And I remember watching RG3 uh, step up into the pocket. He had three guys wide open and just threw a bomb straight down the field in their upset bid over over OU, I guess back in 2012, 2013. I can't believe it's been that long ago. It doesn't feel like it. But, yeah, his offenses are at their best when they have – three to four wide receivers. And I can see, I mean, albeit they're young and we don't really know much about Hazelwood. Uh, is he going to be able to do what he did at Oklahoma? Are we going to be able to see some of these freshmen step up? Is Warren Thompson going to step up? You know, but you have a quarterback and it's going to start right there with Kenneth Jefferson. Yeah. And I think the biggest key is you have them all three at three different levels. Like we talked about, you mm-hmm. got the deep threat. You've got to got run your slants yeah. and or that slot back who can, even if you struggle at a tight end spot, have that slot back like a Hunter Renfro, you know, like a Julian Edelman, you know, one of the guys that can really yeah. kind of get op- open space, get you four or five yards on a third down. That one guy that you know that on third down, you, you're not trying to go deep. You know you can get your, you know, the guy with the hand, you know, get them hands on there and and, and get them a first down. And I think that's going to be huge if we can get that. But we're up against a break. After the break, we're, we come back, we're going to break down Arkansas's First SEC series loss in a long, long time. And we're going to talk about the softball series sweep over Auburn and go over some other other spring sports. And we'll be right back after the break. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. Are you ready to tackle your to-do list without getting your hands dirty? Then it's time to call Heineman Services in Springdale. Corey and his team specialize in A to Z home repair, in-home transformations, plumbing and dryer vent cleaning. Got a man cave? Heineman Services can make it better. Got a she shed? They can make it better. Call today, 479-347-9336. That's 479-347-9336. Or check them out online, HeinemannServices.com. That's H-I-N-D-M-A-N Services.com. Heineman Services, Honeydews, have never been so easy. 
McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They are located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. And welcome back to another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. And before we get into segment two, I do want to introduce a new sponsor to the Hog Talk Podcast, Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas. They are located at 201 South 1st Street in Ozark, Arkansas. And it's a brewery grill so we're going to have so a lot more details we're going to come up with some ideas where we're, we're going to let you know about their menu i know on thursday nights they have a killer prime rib they're always having some bands come play on the weekend so get with destiny brockett and chris brockett there in ozark and like i said from here on out we're going to be hooking up with them maybe do some live shows during football season i think we got some really cool things cooking up for them but we also can't forget our other sponsors you know workman's travel center a plus insurance Dusty Wright and Grind It Wright Stump Grinding in Northwest Arkansas. I, with springtime coming, all these trees getting knocked down with all these wind damage and stuff, you need somebody to hook you up with a stump grinding. Dusty Wright's the man for the job. So look him up on Facebook at Grind It Wright NWA. Uh, Jacob, finally, after what two years, we we got a we got S three years <laughs> crazy three years. We 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 actually are reporting. Yes, breaking news. Breaking news here that Arkansas is mortal when it comes to the SEC schedule. And uh, they did lose to, uh, <laughs> after a game one win, eight to one over Florida, they ended up dropping game two in game three. And it was weird, Jacob, that last week when we were talking about this, I had mentioned that respect these two teams have for each other and how O'Sullivan was, that neither team was going to take this series lightly. I knew Florida was kind of down in years past, but – of all the series that they would drop, this one least this one least surprises me the most just because, you know, when you respect somebody, yes, you take them seriously, but yet if it's somebody you just dislike, your foot's on the throat, you want to keep it, you know, keep that pedal down and really put it to them. But Florida ended up getting the best of Arkansas, and I, I think it comes at a good time. You know, there's yes, it, I mean, there's still one game ahead on LSU with with that series coming up this weekend. You know, we're not dealing with they're on this high and they start struggling and you're losing the last two, three series of the season, go into SEC tournament play, lose out, and then that that, that hurts your chances of getting a super regional. So a lot left to be played, but there is some some things to start kind of being concerned about that if they don't button some things up, it could come be a, come a problem come postseason play. Yeah, it was just really weird, weird weekend, man. I know Hagen Smith kind of struggled there on Saturday, Sunday. Uh, uh, Jackson Wiggins he pitched, uh, dang, four and a half innings. Uh, maybe, I mean, maybe four and a third, maybe five. I can't remember, but he allowed like seven runs, and he just had a he had a tough weekend. I thought Arkansas was going to be able to pull it out on Sunday and, and get the uh, series win. Uh, they ended up tying it you know, mm-hmm. uh, to go up, or no? They tied it seven to seven yep. uh, in the eighth inning uh, with with Zach Gregory's home run solo. 
And then they just couldn't hold on, man. It was just really weird. Yeah, and and what I was alluding to, I mean, and that's the thing, you know, it's it is easy when you see Florida go, you know, win seven two nine seven. It it's easy to blame the pitching, but there was so much other stuff that was going yeah. on. And and I was just looking up a couple of stats. You know, Arkansas left twenty six men on base for the whole series. Ooh, holy ten, cow! Ten in the in the game that they won, they left ten on base. And then they left nine on base in the seven two loss, and you left seven on base in the nine to seven loss. So I mean, you yeah, you look at seven people on base in a two run game. If you just get even a third or quarter of those in, you win the game. So I mean, yeah. situational hitting needs to be. I mean, there was a lot of things. You know, Stovall dropped a, a sack bunt. You know, only really official error. You know, Stovall. You know, he just kind of had a weird weekend. You know, he wasn't. On his not the you know the tagging you know it's just Lanzo not catching the double you know it's just things that you know mental errors that you know Brofins throw to third when it should have been to second you know just things that are coming through that pass balls but the biggest thing that I want to bring up is I'm going to read these numbers off to you you got oh, Stovall about to read me too one six seven yep. Slavens two o two hundred Robert Moore, 209, Lanzeal, 261, Zach Gregory, 290. That's SEC play. You know, that is their SEC batting averages. And you can't have that, especially because now you're trying to, you know, early in the season we were talking about Arkansas can get this done in so many ways. But when you, you know, at 294, 293, that's Turner. Now, you know, Turner was hitting, he was hitting 400 at one point. Now he's down to 294. Right. You know, 15 for 51. Braden Webb's 12 for 41. Zach Gregory is 9 for 31. Lanzill's 12 for 46. Robert Moore, listen to this. 9 for 43 in SEC play. Wow. Brady Slavens is 7 for 35, and Peyton Stovall is 8 for 48. So I throw the you throw the numbers of the averages, but when you really look at how many hits to at-bats, that really, right. you know, and then you go into the slugging. Peyton Stovall's slugging is 229. Slavens is 400. Robert Moore's 419. Lanzeal's 413. Then, then it kind of goes up. You got, you know, with um, Michael right. Turner, yeah, 370. Yeah, but Michael Turner was that guy that you're really looking forward to really turning that corner and being that big stick for Arkansas. And you're hitting 294, 373 slugging. But, I mean, it's just, you know, an on-base percentage of 362. So, even with the walks, you're not getting walked. They have walked 62 times this year. Yeah. I mean, Robert Moore's got 10. So, I mean, it's, it's there's a lot of things that you can look at. And, of course, you haven't seen a, a CC series loss in three years. So, of course, you know – the sky's falling. And then, of course, you look at your rival over in the east and you see how, man, we've talked about them for two, three weeks in a row. And I know <laughs> yeah. it gets hard to talk about, but, man, I'm telling you, it's it's hard not to. As much as you <laughs> hate that team in orange over there in the east and that coach of what he's doing, but it, it's weird. Like, you know, uh, Derek Ruskin was talking about today, it's almost like you're seeing their success and how they're climbing up. And it's weird because it's like Tony Vitello – 
and Dave Van Horn. It's like they're mirrored. You know, it's like you're looking yes, in a mirror. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking and he had said thing. that. So I got to give props to him, source him on, on him saying that. And also, he's the one that brought up to me the whole um, SEC averages. And I think that's what you really look at. If you want to look at how they're doing in big-time games, and especially when you're a team like Arkansas – Let's not look at what they're doing overall. Let's let's really break it down and see what they're doing in conference because that's what really matters, and that's right. what they go off of when they do the SEC Players of the Year. So when everybody sees these 400s or, hey, this guy's batting 324 with 20 home runs, why is he not an SEC player, the you know, first-teamer? Right. They only go off SEC stats, and that, that's one thing that's crazy. I don't think they do that in football. Now, I know they do it in basketball and baseball, but I'm not too sure. I think it might be because of the amount of games, of course. But, yeah, you know, it's it's crazy when you think about this, what this team's doing. And on the other hand, you know, Connor Nolan, with all due respect, you're talking about how this guy's doing so great coming up, and I shouldn't even say the all due respect because there's nothing negative to say. He's having better stats through the first three SEC series than Blaine Knight and Isaiah Campbell. Yeah, it's, it's Hutch threw out a yeah. pole of blind resume, and and I was just looking, comparing, and Cabo had shared it with me, and I was like, well, it's DCBA or something like that. Well, Connor Nolan through the first three series, he's one point seven ERA, he's got um, twenty through twenty five innings pitched, he's only gave up five earned runs, only walked four, twenty nine strikeouts, he's only given up one home run, and the average oh, wow. against is one ninety six. So I mean, and he was the guy that was giving up a lot of home runs early on in his career. Yeah, that's he so was Hagen Smith. That down. Yep, Hagen Smith is at, at a six three three ERA. You know, he's given up four home runs. So what you're looking at, you're looking at Hagen Smith's number. That was Connor Nolan's last year. You know, it, it's just crazy how. You know, and then Wiggins. You know, he's at five, and he's two and zero, oh, and at a five two four. You know, it, it it's just he's got twenty six strikeouts, but he's also got ten walks. Hagen Smith, twenty strikeouts, but eleven walks. So yeah. that pitching has got to get a little bit better. Of course, we can't blame it all on the pitching, but you've got to have the guy. You've got to know that you've got to if you're going to win in the SEC, you've got to have two guys because you're not going to have a guy like Cops that's going to give you two games in a series. Nope. You've got to learn to win with at least two guys. That way, and you need to win those first two games. You want your number two guy to come out there, and you need to close out these series in the first two games because I'm telling you, with with the order that they got in the pitching is exactly, or especially with the young pitching, it is key to win it in the first two games because you can get these guys in on a Sunday and you can start getting them reps. Right. And and one thing I do want to point out is is, uh, Connor Nolan, if – I think Arkansas is built for the College World Series. Now, I know it's going to be tough, but having Connor Nolan as your number one guy, if you can get through that first game of the College World Series, then I mean, all I mean, all bets are off because then you go into this game two, and you know, yeah, not everybody has two or three pitchers to go off of, and having Connor Nolan there to get you that first win will be huge for Arkansas if they can make it to Omaha and and avoid double elimination right away having your ace there and, and 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 being able to count on him first things first I, I think arkansas i mean at least can get to the second game and and, and stay in the winner's bracket early on 
Yeah. That's the big thing of having Connor being able to be what he is this year. Well, and we know what what, what the biggest key is. Just stay in that top eight. You stay in yeah. the top eight yeah. being yeah. nationally ranked. That way, when it comes to yep. SEC play, you know, you're you're dipping it, you're dipping it six, you know, right now, depending on the rankings. I don't know exactly what rankings the uh, ESPN goes by when they do the um, national seats. I don't know if it's a – I mean, I'll have to ask Cabo and, yeah. and, and see what he has to say. That I'll use that next week, and I'll let you know. But, you know, you you got to hit that nat- top eight national seed. So, when when that comes out, you know you if you advance, you get to host a Super Regional. And we know that's a big key. And, of course, it's right now with this team, it's it's Omaha or bust, it seems. So, you, you've got to step it up in the hitting front. You cannot be batting – 290, 261, 209, 200, and 167, and expect to even, you know, forget about Omaha. You're not going to get to a super regional batting like that. You're going to get bounced in the regionals. No. That's just You're the right. way it is, especially that, if the pitching stays the way it is. And the shocking thing is the way that Bob Moore slack of pitting has been in SEC play. The guy, uh, I think he's in his third year here. And I mean, that's just a shocker for me, Porter, is. The guy is, is batting like almost in the 100s, 100 range, and is nine for 43 on this on on the uh, in the SEC play, and that's just it's just weird to me. But you do have Dave Anhorn who gets guys going at the right time, and and think about it. Back when they did come within one out of winning the national championship. Midway through SEC play, like we are right now, nobody was thinking Arkansas was going to contend for a uh, College World Series. Nobody did. Arkansas got hot at the right time, and they had the best, the right pieces there. I mean, obviously they had Heston Kerstad, Casey Martin leading as uh, true freshmen uh, that year, and and the guys were just hitting bombs. But but now you you look at the pieces and you have the pieces in place. You just have the guy. You have to have the guys and push their buttons at the right time to say, "We need you. We need you to turn it on right now, and, and go." And I think having UAPB and a doubleheader uh, tomorrow, which is actually, I mean, if you're hearing this, is going to be t- uh, tomorrow is Tuesday. You'll have a seven inning doubleheader uh, with UAPB tomorrow, and then LSU at home this weekend. So, uh, ret- uh, return home to friendly com- uh, uh, friendly confines is is probably a, a good thing to have for Arkansas, who's desperately in need of turning it on, turning the heat on uh, offensive-wise. Well, and, and here's here, here's another stat that, or another thing to remember that not all is, is falling. Yeah. Mississippi State won the yeah. national championship last year, correct? Yeah, they did. Arkansas swept them at Mississippi State, 8-2, 11-5, and 6-4. Right. So just because you lose one series, now if this becomes a pattern, then we and I've always said yeah. that. One offs are okay. It's okay to lose. You're not going to go 48-0 or how many ever games there is. But just nope. remember, the team that got hot won it all with the pitching. They, yep. you know, they they got swept in it, and it was at, you know, one of the best premier college baseball number two behind Bomb Stadium. So, like I said, they got a chance to regroup, and you know, you if you want somebody to coach them up, I wouldn't have anybody else other than Dave Van Horn coach them up and get them ready for this. You know, this is the big series. You know, if Arkansas does have that rival outside of an Ole Miss or Tennessee, you know, LSU's always that big series. So we're really looking forward to that, seeing what happens. And and hopefully this time next week, I really hope that we're talking about a, a bounce back, everybody getting back on track and looking forward to, you know, 
what's this team going to do against Texas A&M? What's this team going to do against Ole Miss? Because they've got Ole Miss, Auburn, Bandy, Bama. You know, there, there's not that much time left until it's SEC tournament. And it's going to be here. You know, it's what, April 11th? Yeah. I mean, a month and 10 days, season's over. Regular season's over. And it's going to come by because we, these weekend series seem like they go by fast. So, and it's another question that I want to ask, and maybe this is another thing I really want to ask. It's like, you know, deeper in the season, you're seeing more of these midweek Tuesday-Wednesday games, Tuesday games. You know, they're playing two tomorrow because of the weather. You know, I want to know why they play more midweek games during the latter part of the season. If you're really trying to kind of rest and get things in order for – or is it just because it's baseball? You know, I know the softball team's doing that too, and we'll break them down here in a second. But I, I just want to know if that really helps the team or if it, you know, kind of hurts them by playing so many games at the end of the season. Well, also, you got to think about it. Our, the younger guys need to get some playing time too. So uh, having, having the young arms in the bullpen, and, and maybe you need them in a pinch, and, you know, you – these guys that you haven't seen play it at all much this season. I mean, they, they get to be able to play in front of their mamas and daddies and stuff like that, but also giving them the valuable experience to say, Hey, remember that time we put you in against UAPB, Arkansas state, UCA, give us an inning of good work, get us through this pinch and, and let us get it in the next inning. And it's valuable, valuable experience. And it's something that, that moving forward and say, hey, you get into maybe a uh, Sunday pinch against uh, Texas A&M and, or LSU or or somebody down the road or, or Ole Miss, and, and you need somebody to, to come in and give you any work uh, on, on a Sunday and say and save the series. That, that's probably what it is. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not Van Horn, but I do like seeing a lot more baseball. Well, and, and the thing is, they're not used to losing, so I know he probably don't <laughs> like losing just as much as the team does, and we're dealing with Dave Van Horn, one of the best to ever coach college baseball. So we, we know they're going to get back on track. It's just, you know, you can't expect Omaha every year, you know, with the team, and it's just nope. sometimes it happens even with the talent. We've seen this happen in pro teams, you know, college football, basketball. Sometimes it just don't work out, but – and now we'll wrap things up with the college softball and Arkansas softball team took on number 17, Auburn. And, Jacob, about two weeks ago, Auburn was ahead in the standings in SEC West, and Arkansas put it to them with a three-game sweep of Auburn. They won 7-4 to game one, 4-3, to and they closed it out with a 17-4 to walloping. I mean, they are now 28-7 and on the year. And they have yet to lose an SEC series. So, it, it's yeah. crazy. The flip side, you know, we're talking about the lows, but, you know, what's going on with this softball team? And I think I alluded to the fact that I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast or not, but we were talking to Coach Difel, and they've only lost back-to-back games other than the Super Regional, of course, They've only lost back-to-back games twice in the past two years, and that was to Missouri oh, yeah. and Alabama. So, 
that that's one of the things we're talking about bouncing back. If you you lose a game but you're used to winning that next one or coming back and winning that next one, you you know how to really get in that with with you've got 24-year-old seniors or 23-year-old seniors and these 17-year-old kids, 18-year-old kids, the the seniors and upperclassmen can really tell them, "Hey, look, it's okay to lose." We're, it's okay because we know how to bounce back. We're seasoned for that. And it showed, you know, they battled really hard. And I'll tell you what, UCA is a program that they're up and coming. They beat LSU earlier in the season. And last year game, I told you, I think it was a 3-2 to two game. I want to say it was 3-2 last year. 6-4, uh, Arkansas beat UCA in Conway. And then turned around and, and swept. And i tell you what, Shanice Dells, man, she, she has developed another pitch on top of her drop. Yeah. And and I had talked about her drop. And I didn't realize that the, I went and got to go in on practice and stuff. And she'd never throw a drop ball throughout her high school career, her college career at Tulsa. Coach showed her a few little things on how to position her hand, throw a drop ball. She picked it up by that day. And then she went on a three-game, ten-strikeout a game tear, 30 strikeouts in three games. But I'm telling you what, I mean, game one between Mary and Shanice, I mean, Mary had a little rough outing, gave up four runs, and then Shanice come in, pitched four innings, gave up no runs, and had seven strikeouts. And then game two, you had Callie Turner, Jenna Bloom, and Shanice come in again, and they combined with Jenna gave up the only two runs of that game, earned runs. There was an error in there. And then, of course, Mary Half come in, pitched three, three and two-thirds inning, gave up four. So, I mean, she's kind of – man, you hate it for her because there's times – I mean, we looked at that perfect game. And then there's times where she just gets racked up. And I think that if she could develop another drop pitch or another sort of pitch, but she's been in the league for so long, I think these kids know what to expect out of her. And I think that's what what happens when you get and see – and it's not like – Baseball, where you see the same pitcher maybe once a year, and you might not see yeah. that pitcher, but once that year, and it's hard. Now, once you get through the lineup, you bring a reliever in. But when, when in the world of softball, you might see that pitcher twice in the series and for the whole game. Right. That's just the way it is. So, you know, you really hope to see her, you know, strikeout leader, best pitcher to come out of Arkansas to date. And it's really good to see that Shanice has really come through. Jenna's come through. Callie Turner come in, and, you know, she gave up a couple of walks. But if this pitching staff, I know we've said it said it over and over again, this pitching staff catches up to the batting side of things. Because I'm telling you what, this team's second behind Georgia on home runs, which they're the Bogle Bombers. They picked that up, you know, from, from last year. But it's amazing to see what this team's doing. And you're talking about the baseball, and we want – you know, the guys to really pick it up in their hitting. Well, when you got Daniel Gibson going two for three, Hannah Gamble two for three, Lenny Malkin two for three, Hannah and Lenny goes three RBIs apiece. And it's just, you know, crazy to see how successful they are. And then in that 17 to four win, I mean, you had um, KB Sides step it up. She went three for three with a home run, five RBIs. Taylor Ellsworth went two for three, six RBIs. I mean, this team, one through nine, is dangerous. And it's really going to be exciting to see 
They've got a big series coming up with Kentucky. And then they have um, – they got Southeastern Missouri coming up, Kentucky. But then they got a huge series at Florida. And I'm telling you, Florida just put it on Alabama. So, they don't play the as big as a schedule as they did last year in SEC play. But I'm telling you, if they – they win the series at home against Kentucky, and then they win this series at Florida. I'm, <laughs> they've got South Carolina and A&M left, which they're at the bottom of the SEC. They could win the SEC again. And yeah. what would that do for this program, for Courtney Dyfel to be able to come in here after five years ago, recruits not knowing Arkansas had a softball program, to going, you know, Dadgum near winless in SEC play to winning the SEC regular season in back-to-back years and could possibly win it outright this year. Man, and that's just the incredible thing. And, and uh, Dari Noka, he said it in in his show uh, last night. The that the Arkansas softball has just looked over. I mean, you're having so much success in all these sports, and you and you. Don't come to appreciate what Courtney Dyfel has done for Arkansas softball. I mean, Arkansas softball was an afterthought, man. And now and, and now she's created it into just another great, another great Arkansas sport, maybe one of the more successful ones, if they can make it to Oklahoma City and and contend for a championship and continue to win SECs. I mean, obviously they have that offensive firepower, like you're saying, uh Hannah McEwen, she had a uh, she she achieved the all time run scored yep. in uh, at, as a Razorback mm-hmm. one eighty five. Shout out to her, uh, Taylor Ellsworth, who you mentioned earlier, had the six RBIs, which tied her career high. Uh, or no, as her new new high in RBIs, and then hit two home runs also, uh, which also tied her career high in a game. And then you had uh, KB Sides and uh, Casey Hoffman tied their career highs in RBIs with five for uh, Sides and three. For Casey, so these kids are, these girls are, they are getting, uh, they're getting elite coaching, but also just playing out of their minds well, like great, incredible, and, and something. I mean, I, I knew they were going to have a special season, but I, I thought it was going to be looking towards next year. To be honest with you, I didn't think, I didn't know this was going to happen this year. Yeah, and you've seen, you know, with Braxton dropping off, and you've seen Storms leaving. Of course, you know, you yeah. you, you lose key pitching, but you you return the SEC Pitcher of the Year, and you come back. Lenny Malkin coming back. I mean, really, I mean, being that key vocal piece to this team and that, and that senior leadership, because I'll tell you what, Anna Gamble was busting at the seams last year as a freshman. I mean, her, she has so much energy. And then you got someone like KB Sides coming in. They have so much balance. And you're talking about the, the ages of the players. And, and you've got Danielle Gibson, who's married. She gets to be the college life and then go home to her husband. And, and, and you got to live the real world life. You know, it, it's crazy. You know, you have so much diversity when it comes to age and dealing with different emotions and different, you know, eras and, and, and you know, ages. And for them to come in and be able to put all this together. And, you know, Danielle Gibson just become the all-time RBL leader. So you're getting all these first and all these. But I want to talk about the coaching staff. And that's one thing that if you even mention to Coach Dyfel, she'll stop you dead in your tracks. It's staff. This was a staff award. Last year when she got Coach of the Year, it's a staff award. And I, you, you think, okay, you know, that's Coach. But I'm telling you right now, Following the team as much as I have and getting to really talk to her and meet her, 
she is the most humble person I've ever been around. I mean, and this is just not coaching. This is she don't want any attention. She don't want to talk about herself in, in any kind of accolade at all. And you know, you got Coach Matt, Coach Yo, and Coach. You, the staff is just like what you got with Musselman and and his staff. What you got with Odom, Browse, and Pittman. You've got a three-headed monster down there with Coach Dyfel, Coach Yo, and Coach Matt. That I'm telling you, what I mean. I, I you get to sit on a practice and you think it's just get on third base and go out there and do your best. I mean, they have these calls and these signs. Of, if the ball's hit here, you know it's like a you know those sliding puzzles where you got to put one piece here and move things around. Oh yeah, they got that. That's how they set their defenses up on different settings, and they have numbers that they call out. And if the ball's hit here on first and second, they automatically know where to go. It's very impressive to watch, and I didn't really understand the analytics and just how difficult it was when it come to playing softball. And you're playing at a closer distance. You're playing closer together. The bases are shorter, and the fences are shorter. So, I mean, there's a lot. You're playing at a high level in half the field that the baseball gets, and it's really – I'm very proud of them. They're sitting at 9-3, and top of the SEC right now, two games up on Alabama. So, these next two weekends, Jay Brugge, are very crucial, and they just just win them. You know what I'm saying? And just just win these series because you're guaranteed two games out of that, you know. You're not expected to sweep every series, but, I mean, the Kentucky series at home is going to be big because it's at home. But I'm telling you, that that Florida matchup coming up and at Florida is going to be – that could be the defining moment of this season that can really catapult them when we're talking about, you know, how we were with baseball and getting that top eight national seed. If they close out and they go through the SEC, sit atop the SEC – it's going to be another one of the things where the SEC tournament really kind of doesn't matter because you're going to be in lock for that eight seed. And I really wish they could get a five, six seed. You're not out of that number eight seed where you're getting a huge matchup, you know, where, yeah, they hosted, but you had to play a daunting super regional schedule. So I'm very excited to see what happens with this team. And you've, you've got the number one recruiting class coming in next year, and it's just going to go up from here. Man, there's just a lot of good things happening for all of Arkansas sports right now. Being able to say you've got the number three ranked recruiting class in football overall for 2023. You've got the number two recruiting class with three McDonald's uh, five-star All-American in basketball. And then to say you've got maybe the number one or two uh, recruiting class in the nation for baseball. And then you come back and you say number one in softball. Like Arkansas, it's becoming the place for for kids. They want they see what Arkansas is. This isn't the Arkansas from 20, 30 years ago. This is a booming place, a place that kids want to come to and say, you know what? Arkansas, Fayetteville, Arkansas, man. Why it's not? not dirt roads and stop signs. <laughs> that should be the slogan. It's not dirt roads and stop signs. That should yeah. be the new slogan. It, it ain't. <laughs> University of Arkansas. Why not? Let's tweet it out, Porter. Tweet you, it out. Because, you know, it's in, before we, we head out, you know, it's like we're talking about these programs and stuff. And you look at a tennis team, you know, you've got Morgan Cross, Tatum Rice, and um, Kelly Keller. These, these players could go anywhere, any school and play. They chose to come to Arkansas, and they're going from – one of the lowest teams in the SEC. Now they're 
beating ranked teams. You know, they just got to beat Ole Miss 4-3, the ranked 35th. And that it's a lot different when it comes to tennis rankings other than you got the top 25 in, in football, basketball, and baseball. They expand theirs out because they go off more individual and they play doubles. So as, as a team, they're 35. But I'm telling you what, you got to remember the names Morgan Cross, Tatum Rice, and Kelly Keller because I'm, they're up and coming. That's that next program that I've been talking about that we need to watch out for, the volleyball program. You know, you've got Taylor Head heading that volleyball program. You've, of course, got your track and field programs. you got your soccer programs. So, uh, as, we, as we wrap it up, I've said it again and again and again, things are really starting to happen, and it's really starting to come together, you know, what I envisioned, and I'm very excited to see what that end product can be and just see every sport flourish because, as Hunter Yurichick says, you know, when is one Razorback? And I cannot wait till everybody's winning and everybody's winning SEC championships year in and year out. I know it's gonna not going to happen. And you're not going to have like nine SEC championships in one year every year. You know what I'm saying? But it's going to be good to see these programs be successful, have all this talent in Fayetteville, Arkansas, because like we said, why not? Exactly. Why not us, man? That's the way it is, man, because, I mean, that's a, it's a cool place to be, and when they catch on, it's, it's going to be a magical place. But, uh, Jacob, we survived the storms. It didn't get too bad, man. I'm, I'm Again, man, I don't know what the weather's like around the state. Again, I preach, you know, just for everyone out there dealing with the storms, the tornadoes, I mean, this is small compared to when it comes to real-life situations, and we've seen the devastations to the people in central Arkansas and Mayflower and Valonia towns like that when the one hit home here in Aetna about seven eight years ago you know we know what severe weather and damage and hail can do to families and homes so we really thoughts and prayers everybody out there tonight and we'll wrap it up on that but for Jacob Davis Porter Hayes this is another episode of the Hog Talk podcast and we will catch you next week Go Hogs listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube